I can't tell you the number of times in my life someone has walked up to me and who will only talk to the boy, my production boy. So now it's a joke, but I've actually called out to uh, someone from my team and said, "Unko bol do decision, madam leti hai." Or madam ne bola hai, to ye hoga. This week's guest on questions I wanted to ask is the very talented and fabulous Devika Narayan. We all know her for the beautiful weddings she designs for her clients and how every girl dreams of having her wedding planned by Devika. I spoke to Devika about the traits that keep her going in such a tough industry, constant traveling and still managing to keep herself grounded. She's spunky, sharp, passionate and knows her job really very well. A little bit of all of this in my conversation with Devika Narayan today. Hi Devika, welcome to questions I wanted to ask. I am so so excited to ask uh, everything about what goes behind the wedding planning business and in your head when you're doing all these big weddings and just like all these huge large scale weddings. Welcome on board. Uh, looking forward to a very, very, you know, good, insightful conversation. Thank you so much, Anshu. Uh, okay, you know, I I thought, how do I warm up a conversation, uh, you know, on a podcast? Normally, we start with lighter conversations, etc. There's one, I, I, I'm not going to get into all your big celebrity weddings because, uh, you know, I'm sure you have restrictions to talk about that. But there is an image from last year. Uh, which was about a some 700-800 year old temple. Uh, where 1100. Lit, oh, 1100 year old temple that you lit with diyas. And I think it was one of the most beautiful images I had seen. I can't even imagine the kind of energy that place would have had when you, you know, did the wedding. What was that wedding? And like, you know, how many days did that take you to do such a large scale of wedding? And that, I think in middle of the pandemic, right? Correct. Uh, so I'll give you the official version of things and then I'll give you the non-official version of things sure. because it's not meant to be a fun thing. Uh, that wedding was actually literally planned in the shadows of the pandemic. The first time I met them was in March and then by then we had already shut office uh, because you know how mad last year was and it, this whole yeah. conversation seems relevant today because I'm in Bombay and we're back to square one if not yeah. worse like yeah. minus one. Um, yeah. We literally, till August, we had not seen the venues we were working off. I, the bride's mother would go and take videos and things. And the first time we went there was September. Um, and the only reason we agreed to do the temple, the wedding was because she sent me a photograph of the temple and said, this is where I want my daughter to get married. And I looked at those images and I was like, yes. Uh, what I wasn't prepared for was three months of civil work, uh, restructuring bits of it. I didn't know it was 1100 year, years old till I googled it on the morning of the wedding because I was making a post about the temple and I was like, this is 1100 years old. Um, but for me, it was a great experience because it was a part of, for me, every project is about history, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a lit major, by the way, for background. I yeah. trained to be a journalist. Uh, so the research part of it completely thrills me. So for me yeah. to go into research... Um, that's the only temple in India where Ram and Sita are uh, depicted without Hanuman. Hanuman is outside because they stayed there before um, she was abducted. Uh, and for me, for us, that became the sort of inspiration and it was timed perfectly because this was a week after Diwali. Um, mm-hmm. So we wanted to do this whole 
Ram and Sita coming home and the bride and groom being like Ram and Sita and it was such a big deviance from all my other work which is more modern uh, mm. contemporary indian that for mm. me this was very personal as like a personal challenge saying i can do traditional indian um mm. and from a non official uh, front i missed um, i'm 33 now i have been home for every single diwali of my life with my parents with my grandparents and this was the year we couldn't be home for diwali um it's one of the rules we've always kept as a team that we always take diwali off because it's so special for all of us and this year because we had to quarantine ahead of the wedding we couldn't so for me it was a personal project i was like that night should feel like diwali for us and we will make our own dev diwali and that's what we did over there so we had about 12000 temp uh, we had 12000 diyas and we had 200 people to light them over three and a half hours and uh, the the diyas kept going on and somebody would come and then put them again I tell you the most amazing story that somebody told me later um so most of the temple things are most i don't know if you know but most wedding sites have men uh we made sure that women came on to this wedding site because shri or the female energy or lakshmi is a yeah. very important part of hindu culture and yeah. i wanted to make sure that the lakshmi did something as well so we uh-huh. had women to light the diyas and women to make rangolis as part of the decor of the temple yeah. and at the end of the day when i went to say thank you for to them and to whatever paid them they said you know we cannot take money because you don't understand what a shubh thing you have done by allowing us to light diyas in a temple and the priest walked out and said i have lived here for three generations of my family have lived here and we've never seen the temple lit up like this so just let us please chill here for 10 minutes because for us it's so special this is our home it's what we worship we worship the space as much as the deity inside it and it's been a part of our life so for you to give us this opportunity to decorate it or see it like this and those parts of my job are the humbling parts aren't you because you don't expect this to happen right i'm yeah. doing a wedding yeah. i'm making a set there i have a i have a theme in mind we have the bride and groom in mind you don't expect the people who are working on it to come up to you and say things like this uh so that's what that wedding was it was i think the most surreal experience of last year and was such a bad day for all of us yeah. um emotionally economically um and that was just it i i remember posting the saying it's been such a dark year and sometimes you have to find light yourself uh and then hire people and get 12000 bits of light to light it up yourself and that's exactly what we were doing we were just trying to find the light literally at the end of a very dark year i mean honestly whoever thought of the idea uh but i mean i just when i looked at the pictures i was like dude what is the energy of this place you know would be you know it's it's two people married getting married to each other but their generations would remember something like this and, and, and that's it's the cultural implications of what we were able to do because suddenly yeah. a lot more people are going to the temple it was a forgotten temple um the brides parents have committed themselves to the temple and said we'll redo portions of it which were broken down uh before and we actually did civil work and restored portions of the temple so it's also the cultural aspects which go so much more than just two people getting married yeah yeah and you know also it made me think that impact can be created in any business right you don't have to be in a social services business <laughs> for impact to be created even in your very small circle of uh, you know people that you work with or maybe a larger or maybe you know much bigger the kind of the kind the kind of army of people that you work when you put together a wedding right small things like bringing in female workers to kind of like diyas uh it's so beautiful but tell me do you do this consciously when you know when now especially because there's this entire you know suddenly this conversation of you know 
bringing equality even in weddings right suddenly somebody is bringing a female priest and you know we are talking about patriarchy and all has this been like is it actually there but on ground hai kya matlab i know certain celebrity weddings are talking about you know bringing is bringing this patriarchy ko down karo and you know let go of certain traditions let go of kanyadan stuff like that which is great but actually what is happening are women talking about it and are you able to you know uh kind of work on these small things which which is kind of equalizing or normalizing the roles of both men and women in you know weddings or a or a union so two things firstly uh i don't think i'm doing this consciously hmm. uh, i've done this all my life and i and i credit this simply to how i was brought up i was brought yeah. up by this entourage there's no better way to describe this of very very strong women from my hmm. aunts to grandmothers to uh it's a joke that while the men were great it's a woman mm. who bullied them even till date i think the men in our family get bullied by all the women because they're all extremely headstrong i remember when i was getting married my father in law commented and said you'll do well in this family we're used to having strong women around us is what he told my parents saying <laughs> we know your daughter is a bit cuckoo but we're used to cuckoo ladies in our house who know their mind who speak their mind to do this so i don't think um even if you ask me i had a largely female run company till few years back in yeah. fact people till date write to me and ask me do you just not hire men uh, or why don't you hire men and now it's a joke that i have a 8% or 20% quota for men so i have two boys in my team um but i don't think it's it's sub, i don't think it's it's consciously done it's very subconscious for me for me also weddings are a mode of communication uh it's how i communicate my ideas to the world it's how i want to bring change to the world i mean i could have been an architect i could have been a Flores, I could have been anything, and I would be still be talking about the same things I do now, mm. uh, and finding meaning in what I do. Mm. Um, the second bit is coming to the fact about whether these are active conversations. They are active conversations because look at the way the landscape of weddings has changed. Um, I don't know when you got married, but till about ten years back, even um, the parents of the bride and groom were making all the decisions, right? Yeah. The couple were barely involved. It was the parents. Yeah. Today, yeah. with people getting married later. with people having more achievements with more couples paying for financially their financially independent correct with more couples paying for their own weddings, weddings they get to call the dibs yeah and relationships today are far more democratic than they were earlier earlier yeah right so that equation and that relationship has to come into weddings and it comes yeah. from both sides it comes from this whole idea of bridezillas no i have groomzillas dude i have grooms who are far more invested in the wedding than the brides are because so many of my brides are at work there is like mm. we don't have time to plan this wedding so he is doing this uh and i have work so i'll figure out when i can come and obviously that dynamic comes through to weddings uh yeah. it's a dynamic we all live today uh we're in lockdown here at no point is it at no point do people bat their eyelid eyelids when i tell them i don't cook my husband cooks in my house my staff looks at me and they find it so bewildering that you know when i walk in they say aaj khana kya banega i say buddy i have no clue kya khana kya banega that dynamics are coming into weddings obviously because there's no there's no his and her anymore it's us yeah. getting married and yeah. when us getting married then it's completely normal for a bride to say i'm going to walk in with you on my barat and our parents would receive us or why yeah. should there be any giving uh, my parents yeah. got married 35 years ago and then my nani refused to give away my mother she like my daughter's not a guy So she's not cattle. Why should I be dancing, dancing, carrying my daughter? I'm not dancing, carrying my daughter. 
at my wedding i had no kanya dan no bidai nothing because her mother's like she doesn't live with us who are we doing bidai for and what are we doing dan for hmm. so i think because our ecosystems our worlds are changing i understand it's a very privileged change as well and i cannot hmm. speak to the rest of the country there's a certain kind there's of people a, this thing changing, huge gap right? yeah it's not just yeah. celebrity it's just i mean it's urban uh sort of it's a very urban change that's happening but it is a change that's happening and percolating down to every aspect of life from home mm. to weddings to just finances even yeah uh, so many couples don't have joint accounts anymore yeah right my parents yeah. had a joint account they spent from it my mother asked me saying tumhara joint account nahi hai i was like nahi he makes his own money i make mine and we find a middle point to spend it right yeah um, yeah and that's just how relationships are today and i think it's natural for it to come to weddings yeah and that's exactly what's happening interesting interesting you know somewhere in the conversation you mentioned about how you know all these things have started becoming a communication point right but what happens when you go because weddings especially large scale weddings families are involved in india you can't take away from the fact that and the moment families are involved traditions come in isko acha lagega isko bura lagega you know the normal patriarchal setup comes in how difficult it becomes for you as a woman uh, as a wedding planner to go and then speak to men who are used to of a certain authority you know uh, this thing because you're also and i'm i'm particularly talking about certain sections where uh, uh, uncles will take a call से ये होटल में रुकेगा ये इतना रूम मिलेगा यू नो स्टफ लाइक दैट हाउ डिफिकल्ट इट इज और थिंग इन टर्म्स ऑफ्रेंडेंस and i was leaving and he looks at me and says ye galat hai i'm like kya galat hai he's like ni galat hai i'm like what he's like you're too young to do this and i was like huh. i have to white hair to prove it i mean i'm not that young i can do this um huh. and every now and then you're sitting in front of a gentleman who's looking at you saying you're too young thankfully i've become old now so they stop they stop saying you're too young or you too uh, this or that huh. but i think if you're professional and if you know what you're talking about people take you seriously and it takes people who, i think as women we've learned to be assertive we've learned to identify who these people are not just men women also all the time think will But, you be able to do this yeah. um, and there's that subversive condescending tone that comes in that i know you recognize and all of us recognize and mm. it's just that we've learned to sort of hold our own ground and that's what i've learned um forget these are educated people uh try working on a site with men uh, yeah they are not used to taking instructions from a woman yeah uh, i can't tell you the number of times in my life someone has walked up to me and who will only talk to the boy my production boy so now it's a joke where i've actually called out to uh, someone from my team and said unko bol do decision madam leti hai aur madam ne bola hai to ye hoga so now the boys walk around and said if she said it it happens and i think it has a lot to do with holding your ground and knowing your things if you have the knowledge then the other person has no opportunity to question you Yeah and that's what I've learned has worked in my favor because I know what I'm talking about. At the end of the day you have to reason with me because I know what I'm talking about. Um till as recently as last year um we were sampling a tent structure and this this my tent person comes to me and I asked him I was like height kya hai? He says 20 foot hai. Uh, it's 20 feet. I looked at him and I was like this is not 20 feet buddy and he's like this is 20 foot. I was like get a tape measure it for me if it's 20 feet. 
फाइव मिनट्स टेन मिनट्स आई आस्ट मैं वट हैपन लाइक नहीं दे एक्चुअली पुर इट इन करेक्टली इट सिक्सटीन फीट the bride and groom literally burst out laughing and they said do not take her lightly she knows what she's talking about if she's looked at it and told you it's the wrong height and i think that's the difference if you can stand your own ground if you know what is right or wrong you you're you're able to get over it today when i walk up to site uh people don't ask me it's it's a done thing right in weddings that women take care of flowers and fabrics and women don't mm-hmm. understand structure and lighting right it's a yeah. man's job yeah um, and the people i work with have learned over time that she knows what she's talking about she knows about these aspects also so you can't cross question her yeah. um and that's been a survival kit yeah but that doesn't mean i don't get asked even today i don't get put down even today i'm constantly uh, not called hyper or or other huh. words that they <laughs> use for us because i am being assertive huh. um and it's a it's become a personal battle where where i have i'm not i'm not afraid to call this out anymore Yeah. Uh, so I make sure I call it out, saying I'm being professional. I'm not being hyper. If I've told you to sign something, you have to sign it. We do it as processes A, B, and C. Hmm. So, uh, and I've learned to say no's when people don't want to listen to you. Yeah, I mean there are times when you'll you you're talking to a man or the man wants to talk to you, but he won't look at you. He'll look oh, at somebody else and talk. I mean that yeah. that is like one of the most common things. What yeah. do you do in such and especially when, for example, if it's your client whom you oh, are call them out on it and and say that I'm. You the tell one them. You tell them that. Meet her and see. Talk to her. No, who else huh. do you look at? Because I have a team of girls who are younger than me. <laughs> so you have to look at me and talk. You have to look at one of us and talk and and. and i've been very forthcoming about it so i tell the girls i was like you know he is going to call you out on it so make sure you know what you're talking about uh, i make uh. and 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 whenever we've dealt with men i've pushed the women up front saying this is the only person you can talk to so if you mm-hmm. want your job done you have to talk to x my ceo is a woman who handles all my finances who negotiates mm-hmm. with fathers all the time and uncles all the time yeah and if you don't want to talk to her then we don't work on your project so you choose do you want us or do you not want us and they have a bride and groom at home or a young couple at home saying we only have to work with her so there's no option there you don't know you don't even need to call them out it's just that you reach a point in your life where they have to work with you so they talk to you straight up and and then they go home and complain ki aajkal ki nayi ladkiyan aake you know this is this is something that you hear most common decreasingly thanks huh? decreasingly uh, okay yeah and and mm. thankfully i mean i won't deny that there is a world that's changing i won't deny my position of privilege but i meet this people people like this like fewer people like this every year yeah yeah but tell me tevika you know you've you've had a you have such a fantastic fantastic body of work and after all these years you are able to stand that ground and say okay but what happens to and this can apply to any professions not just wedding planning or events and all of that uh, a lot of us women who are entrepreneurs who are in the sales business or who has who has jobs which makes you talk to other men more frequently and but men don't respond they don't uh, answer they will choose not to answer how do you res- how do you tackle situations like these what what do you have i mean yes. what do you tell your younger people of course i'm sure you you yes. there as a backing backing right but what, how do you what what would you advise the younger women to you know how to tackle you know, situations like this i have to say this that because i had the privilege of working with a female boss i learned how to teach my team how to do this because at the back you have a boss who's looking out for you and i've learned to look out for it um mm. but there's no denying to calling men out on this there is there's no shame in it if someone's not speaking to you if someone's not responding to you call them out and say i've asked you this four times why can't you respond to this Mm. and there is no man to speak to hmm 
So it becomes a, I mean, you have to be forthcoming about these things because it's just not permissible anymore. Hmm. You mm-hmm. can't, this whole boys is boys, we were brought up like this debate doesn't hold true today. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's alien to have this conversation with somebody because I don't live in ecosystems like that. So when I interact with ecosystems like that, for me, it's a very harsh shock. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, and I remember there was a point I, and, and internalizing this also, because I remember there was a point where I called out to my CEO and I said, dress nahi, suit pen kya na, because unse milne jana hai. Hmm. And if you are, if he is going to take you seriously, make sure you're wearing a pants suit so he takes you seriously. And she looked hmm. at me and I was like, I understand what I'm saying is wrong. I understand hmm. it. But you hmm. have to get work done. So find the middle ground where you can hold your ground also, but you're willing to let go also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very interesting because, uh, you know, so many similar conversations or similar questions I've had. Other, I've asked other women, somebody is a lawyer, somebody is an actor, somebody is a creator. And... Pretty much I've had similar answers in terms of their experience. I work with two polarizations, right? I deal with clients who are educated, who've seen the world. Uh, mm. And then I deal with people on site, carpenters, genuine manual laborers. And I'm amazed that I see the same kind of behavior both ways. There's, huh. there's immense empathy on both sides. There's immense respect on both sides. There's also immense condescend, condescending on both sides. Um, and it's not something that you can say just because you're educated or you're not educated, your worldview is going to change. I have met the most amazing florists and manual people who will take a step back and say, if you want it, what can we do for you? What is your vision? And for someone to, who's never, who's, who's, I mean, who's lived in a home where the women in his house are still in parda, for him to be forthcoming about this and recognize what you're doing. I think is is far more fulfilling for me as well. So it's it's not something that like you're saying. I mean, when you talk talking to me about lawyers, I can't even imagine what they face every day. Um, and you'll be shocked that even in my industry, there are more men than women. Yeah, because yeah. all all female led companies have a man who's second in command. Yeah, my second in command is also female. So people are like, where do we go? <laughs> and how is it and normalizing it no normalizing yeah. saying my CEO has just produced a child her video is not on because she has a child crawling on her yeah yeah it is normal for me to say in a meeting today saying yeah. deal with it or she yeah. cannot speak to her at this time because she's looking after her kid and and we have to normalize this but yeah I mean I agree, and the only the only way you can do is take one step at a time. Correct, correct, and and be accepting of it, right? And and yeah. as 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 a leader yourself, and then as as to the world also, you just have to deal. You can't say that today I'm going to change my world. You change the world one brick at a time, one step at Absolutely. a time, and you start moving those steps to see how you can do those changes. Like so yeah. many of the things you're talking about today, I don't face today at all, and I'm very fortunate for it. Touch wood. Uh, but I did once upon a time and I understand other people do and I have a different set of challenges today. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and all of us yeah. do. All of us do. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm speaking more from a perspective that there's so many young women or men who look up to you as a professional or even as an individual on how do you kind of carry this entire thing and then constantly keep evolving as a company, keep pivoting, etc. Right. Having said that, you know, you just spoke about that you work with two extreme ends of people. So one is the sophisticated clients who has the money to, you know, do those kind of weddings. Right. At the same time, then you work with the entire this thing, which... 
the labor the, the labor force and you know uh, middle people uh, this thing right. but it is a very operationally heavy industry right uh, where a lot of your work goes into execution which means you are traveling which means you're constantly on phone which means uh, you know you may you yeah, you are maybe not even home you know for days and days and days or you come late nights what happens on personal life what happens in personal life in the <laughs> sense give me a give me a world view of you know how how do you then manage to con- continue do or have a personal life rather i'll give you figures one better yeah uh, because you don't expect math from a designer no? so i'll give you that so no, uh, i do expect don't worry in 2019 <laughs> Uh, my husband and I, who also travels as much as me, we were yeah. we both took over a hundred flights to the year. Uh, spent only thirty-two days together in one city. Uh, only thirty-two days together at home in the entire year. Hmm. Uh, the lockdown was the first time we lived together at home for so long. I'm sure it was just it was a rude shock saying we're home now. What? Um, so I think I've been very lucky because I've. Uh, my parents have never seen this life uh sure. so they have no clue i mean they live back home uh they don't live with me anymore uh, they haven't lived i haven't lived with my parents for 10 years so they understand i live a mad life they don't get to know the day to day things right when yeah. they come to visit me they're just like i don't know how you function um when you achieve a little bit of success then you're able to justify it but for the yeah. first 5 years they was like what is wrong with you my dad legit when i started working my grandfather called up my mother and said i used to live with my grandfather in delhi thing uh do you need money who makes a daughter work like this because i came home at 2 am and left back at 6 am my dad thought i was a bar dancer yeah because he's like who works these kind of hours who has goes for a meeting at 10 pm at night how is that even reasonable to do um on the other side i'm so fortunate because i married a human being who understands this he's from the same industry so he understands yeah. me and my work and the mood swings and the time bit that comes with it uh as do my in-laws Uh, yeah. they understand that when i'm at work uh, so do my friends they have a joke going that devika's become seasoned during wedding season devika seasonal so around march you'll see her come back to groups and lives and wants to socialize and by august september she'll be fizzling out saying season hai do not call her during season nobody knows or call her and have a conversation and hang up so i think everyone's just learned to live around it and we've it's it's how we've lived for so long so it's just become standard way of life But tell me, do you did you take that mental pressure because we are so used to like you said your parents have not lived this kind of married life if we had to say so right Sorry. did 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 ever those thoughts come saying that oh my god my husband and I are constantly traveling what's going to how are we going to you know make this marriage maybe not work is not the right word but I mean marriage is about two people living together right did that pressure did those thoughts yeah, ever come thing is that I think marriage huh. is about two people being connected yeah yeah and and i give the entire owners to joe for this he makes sure we're always connected whether it's by phone calls by whatsapp by whatever else yeah. a large chunk of us of our relationship was between two cities uh the first day of our marriage was across two cities uh i used to live in delhi and he used to live in bombay in fact when i moved to bombay my mother in law was horrified and she's like i thought it'd take 5 years to move i imagine you to to be married in two separate cities we just took a toll on me personally because I had pants that I wanted in Delhi and Bombay and the other way around. So I took a decision to move. Um but I think uh it has everything to do with being connected and being on the same page about a lot of your life and about your expectations of life. And I think if you have that sorted everything else falls into space place. Um 
for us we've known what our life is like right now for example when we got married we knew we'd never be together on an anniversary because it was peak wedding season and i think if you know that right at the beginning there is no sort of emotional guilt of not being together on an anniversary even when people call me i find it so alien saying i'm i'm at work why are you calling me to wish me on my anniversary that day means nothing to me or like not just nothing to me it's just not valuable i mean to you're me. not we have other celebrations yeah. right which are more yeah. important to us so i think it's just about finding what works for you and there's no cut cookie cutter way right all of us mm. travel so much today all of us suddenly spend so much time at home i've seen marriages falling apart because two people are not used to living together so much yeah um, yeah and i think it's just as long as you find what works for you it works yeah yeah very interesting because i mean probably i think uh, you're the first person i'm talking where the couple both the partners i mean travel right. so much right uh, normally it's like generally one, one person traveling more uh, all of that yeah. or they're both in the same cities but then it has its own other set of challenges uh, but tell me this also brings me to the fact that you and your husband kind of uh, work together on certain projects right uh, what is the dynamic work there because i'm assuming he's the one who's been called out by you to work on a project because a planner would bring in the photographer um, not something like that no we both hired separately and we both work together okay. very rarely it's also odd because when my work finishes his work starts because i'm a designer right so when i'm mm. done set up i move out he mm. comes to shoot when he comes back to the room i go for set go for dismantling or to set up the next day right so we're rarely overlapping on site um mm. but i but i have to tell you we do have a and both of us are hired separately in fact it's a joke because so many clients are like we've saved a room because we i mean we know both of you will live together so that kind of joke um but i think it all comes down to respecting what the other person does mm. and if you have equal respect i think you have a good working relationship which is what we share and for us it's not just about our professional work it's even the projects we start at home uh and i think if you respect the other person and what they bring to the table and the way they think and you're democratic over there i think it it resonates to the kind of work you do the way you live your life the way your relationship works hmm 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 interesting but uh, tell me so now with in in a non covid world i'm assuming you were traveling almost 70 or 80% of the time what's right. happening now with the covid we're both scenario both in two different rooms talking to two different <laughs> people on two different mics and cameras um we go to office every day in two separate rooms uh we have a little pub now so the door is open so that the pub can go up and down and disturb both of us as for his whims uh we meet for lunch we meet for dinner we spend it's we, it's sounding a lot like me and my husband because we have a yeah. great cold coffee time in the evening which is what i'm going to eventually hang up this call on because that's my cold coffee time which is sacrosanct um we're together in the morning and that's just we i mean work ends at a certain time and then we're together like we would on a normal day uh, my mother was horrified she's like why didn't you go and ask him i was like he's working in his office i can't just walk in and my mother doesn't understand that two people can be in the same house and still not communicate every minute yeah uh, yeah it's just they're like what do you mean by we're in separate rooms it's like we have separate offices and that's how we go and work so that's how being at home is like So uh, the reason I asked you this is because a lot of me uh, along with my friends and it's a joke right that we all say that okay we want we are okay to work from home a lot of us who have offices and you know, who don't have like uh, this thing but we want the husbands to be out because <laughs> we are so not used to and the kids of course to go to school because we are so not used to uh, you know all of us school I want my husband at home because he cooks 
<laughs> everything else i can't cook and he cooks so even i mean we spent i spent a week at home alone last week and we huh. have no help coming in because of the lockdown and i practically died because i was like who is going to cook for me i don't like the food i make myself so poor guy had to make dabbas and leave for me and say okay there's this food for you in the fridge or I'll order food for you um this this is this is quite amazing and this is i think one of the, the other end of the spectrum is the other end of the spectrum yeah i mean it's still not 80% of the working uh, a working couple uh, most of the them it's still the women, women who are doing it but i think the idea is to bring your kind of stories out more right so that i think it, it just boils down to what works for you and you can't be obligated to do something just because it exists yeah right and we've all got this weird sense of patriarchy ingrained into us yeah uh, and i'm very fortunate simply by virtue of the men around me who who do far more than what i understand is what the requirement is i mean till sure. date whether it's my grandfather whether it's my father in law whether it's my father they all make subah ki chai at home and all the women wake up late because the men get up in the morning and make chai and coffee mm-hmm. it's a done thing in my house hmm uh-huh. and and that kind of sow the seed of normal seed i'll never forget my grandmother calling out to my father he was complaining newly married parents of mine that she had to do this and my grandmother looks at him and says tumko karna nahi aata you can't do this yourself and he said i can't like go then do it yourself why are you looking for her to do this and my brother <laughs> on the other end who's forever amused he's like you know every time my mother tries to tell me something and i react to it he just like every day i hear my sister being told something which is patriarchal and her turning around and saying i'm not doing this <laughs> like why can't you send mm-hmm. if he wants this why can't you do this for him for example and i'm like i won't do it and my brother keeps cracking up because he's like every day she's fed a new thing and and both of them turn around and say we won't do this yeah so i think it's it, it, it's it's a smaller things every day right that's what makes a bigger impact i agree uh, it's like nobody wakes up one day and says i'm going to change the world you have yeah. to start with your daily actions of like seeing who enjoys doing what and who doesn't enjoy doing what and finding that that sort of like empty like one line where both walk a few steps i think no relationships are built in in isolation both have to walk certain steps together i agree i agree i think it's interesting because uh, pretty much the same thing applies to when you go to workplaces right yeah. uh, and you find different sorts of men and women and you need But to kind of it's for us because all men and all women have to do the same job yeah yeah so the women can't get away by saying that something's heavy we can't lift it hmm and the men can't tell me that they can't fill cushions or they can't understand flowers hmm and that's a rule hmm is i understand that something's physically heavy and you can't lift but don't tell yeah. me it's a boy's job to do something or it's a girl's job to do something else and i won't do this yeah but I, but when when you started was it very very heavily uh, you know because it still is in so many companies yeah in so many places it still is that this is a boy's job a girl can't stay on the site till late at night or a girl won't go alone right and it's about creating safe spaces yourself of course mm. looking out for your for the people who work with you mm. um, and also making sure that as a leader you don't let those excuses flourish Sure, sure. Right. So I think it's all three of those that that have changed things. 
but tell me something because you run your own setup and i'm sure there are other companies who are in the same space or your competition rather who are led by men right do you ever feel that there are certain things as a leader you cannot do because you know because of the gender or sometimes you can't approach certain people because you don't kind get the kind of response that uh, you would get I'm but yes no but the other competitor would get because he's a man or there's a certain boys club out there do you feel that do you, is no, is it I'm there ruthless. i'm ruthless okay can you explain what is ruthless it. for you is how how do you approach how do you explain ruthlessness in business for you is if i want something and if i'm qualified to get it i'll make sure i will there's no stepping back if there's a men's club good for you on the table you have to speak to me as an equal we are presenting as an equal if you don't mm-hmm. select me for my work it's fine mm-hmm. that's fair mm-hmm. but that should be the only reason why people are not hiring me Hmm. But and you don't ever- think as a business we've made sure we make a made a business that's not dependent on other people or that's the goal. Sure. Right. Sure. So I don't care for the boys clubs. If the best projects in the country are coming to me, if the best is coming to me, then have fun in your little club, guys. Right. So hmm. I think it's about that's what I said about standing up for yourself and making hmm. sure that you are independent. Hmm. Hmm. And you can be friends with everybody, but you can't say just because someone's a woman they can't get some kind of work. Okay. Or you won't recommend them. And if mm. if you're the best at what you do, if you're mm. good, you will get recommended. People will mm. eventually want to work with you, right? Mm. Mm. But it's a question I've asked a lot of other entrepreneur, female entrepreneurs as well, uh about networking, right? Do you often find that men it's easier for them to network, they have whatever clubs, etc. and that leads you to kind of on loss of opportunities or sometimes projects, etc. How ऑपरचुनिटी Yeah. And so yeah. many times I've been on a site where I'm designing and the planner is a gentleman and the bride has said listen to her. I don't care what you think listen to her. Yeah. And the fact that both sides exist is so what's the word? I want to say ironic. Something. No, strengthening. Um, empowering. Empowering. Damn, that's yeah. a word for it in this conversation. It's so empowering to have the other side. Yeah. Right? And the fact that the other side is increasing. by the day i'm meeting more and more women it was amazing i did a wedding in march where the bride called just called her to me and said i want a photo with all the girls and i'm like what she's like look around all the companies have a women led here and i was like did you think of this she's like no but i woke up one day and realized that we have to do a photo together amazing and it's incredible that's empowering yeah exactly yeah. Uh, and the fact that you don't do this consciously is what is empowering and the mm. fact that there are especially in my business where the bride is the center of everything yeah if those decisions are changing and because we are empowering and that's changing because we are empowering the women around us now we are at the brides it's not like these magical women are coming from somewhere yeah right yeah. so i think it's the other side of it which is what i enjoy looking at more hmm. and if the other side is coming to me you guys can have fun in a little smoking boys clubs or whatever it is you have hmm I mean I I mean I I get to choose to work with those people. 
Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, the reason I'm asking this because, you know, every time I ask a, a new entrepreneur from a different, uh, you know, uh, different walk of life and different area, genre of work, I get new answers. Uh, uh, but I think the gist is all that you keep going. Uh, but tell me, what are these new age brides if they are the ones who are taking the shots, right? Uh, I'm sure there's a huge difference even in the last 10 years that you've seen, right? Awesome. What are these new age brides and what are they standing up for? Themselves. Sure. And their, relationship, and their relationship as well. The fact hmm. is they're all well-educated, they're all well-traveled, they all work, they all earn their own money, they found their own place. Then even... And it's not an age thing. Even the 20-year-old today is far more involved, is as evolved as a 40-year-old bride today. Hmm. Hmm. Right? And they have, they've been brought up and they've made a space for themselves where they can tell their parents to take a step back and say, we want a certain thing done a certain way. And their relationships are more equal where the bride and groom together make decisions about their wedding or their home or their life. Hmm. It's not a one-part decision. Hmm. And... I think that sentiment is is coming to weddings where you want to choose people who are professional, who are smart, who understand mm-hmm. and are not there just because they know somebody. Those days of my dad knows a tentwala are gone. Mm-hmm. Right? You want people who are good at what they do, whose, whose work stands for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me, Devika, I mean, we've spoken so much about your business, but I want to now talk about who you are and what you're doing to, you know, keep yourself like running every day. Uh, what, whatever it has taken you to come to this point in the last 10, 12 years that you've been in the industry, right? I'm sure there are now completely different sets of uh, uh, uh qualities or whatever, you know, individual pursuits that you would need to be able to reach the next 10 years, right? What is it that you're focusing now after having a cert- achieved a certain amount of success? Now, what do you want to acquire more as an individual? So much. I can't have this become a book. Um, sure. I say this so often that I'm exactly where I was when I was 13. I'm exactly where I wanted to be when I was 13. Mm-hmm. And I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. Sure. And the fact that my goals evolve every year. Sure. And how, uh, I mean, we were talking earlier about how the birth of your kid changed your life, right? Yes. Bringing a yes. dog home changed my life. <laughs> birth of a kid, so I it's think... A res- a- it's a responsibility, even if it's... Yeah, completely. Like, it's just something yeah. that, that's... time. I mean, I suddenly have so much more respect for the simple things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, also... I mean, our goals change every year. I want to design cities. I want to write books. I want to make products. I want to have more time for myself. I want to read more. I want to be inspired more. There's there's no limit to what there is that I can possibly do. And for me, I have a very simple belief that every few years, life gives you a chance to completely reinvent yourself. And if you're able to do that consistently and change your roles, I think you're meant for greatness. How how do you how do you re, how do you ensure that that reinvention process is in the right uh, right way? There like, is no right or wrong way. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I think mm. it is. If I'm looking at my last ten years, I worked for somebody else for five years, and I made sure I was I was a very good employee. Uh, then I started leading a team, and that's what I did for the last five years. I was out to make a brand, make a company. Today, I'm out to make an incredible team. I, for me, it's as important that my team gets known for the work we do as I am. Uh, and that's what I'm dedicating my next five years to is just making sure, sure that I'm able to create more people like myself, sure. right? Because that's, that's and I want to be a mentor and I want to, I mean, I want 
the people who work with me to be better than me. And that's what my next five years are dedicated to. And these are just small roles. And while I do that, I want to take a step back. I want to do things that bring me joy. I want to read again. And it seems like such a luxury that as I'm sure some people are listening to this and it sounds completely alien, but for five years, I'm a literature major. I used to read a hundred books a year. For five years, I have not been able to survive a novel. And the fact that I have the time to devour books today. This morning, my husband was complaining, saying, who keeps a book in the bathroom? I keep a book in the bathroom because I want to keep in the book a book in the bathroom to read when I'm in there. I think... Mm. I think it's about life. It's about finding new passions. Hmm. And I think the more passions you find, the more your outlook changes. Um, for and me, more it's, you both, learn. it's more, it's both fortunate and unfortunate that my hobby is my job. Hmm. Right. But it's meant that I have had to find new hobbies. Hmm. Um, I've suddenly become obsessed with gardening, for example, and growing my own food. And it's amazing hmm. how that's changed my worldview and how that simple thing has changed the way we work. Sure kind of ethics we're changing so that's what I mean by reinventing is finding new passions mm -hmm. and letting those passions change you there's no right and wrong in life you have mm -hmm. <clears throat> I mean we're all in our 30s 20s 40s we have long lives hopefully right we have like think of your life as 20 years as 30 years and then think what are you going to do in that life yeah it's a long yeah. time to keep doing the same thing right so find new passions let new adventures thrill you failure these are not like captions these are things you should actively be doing in your everyday okay so so in all of this how do you maintain your mental sanity because it's a very very operationally heavy industry that you work in right uh and a lot of stress i'm assuming how do you maintain that mental sanity for is my first first question and i'm going to move to the second part also i think it's very important to be able to know when you need downtime and know when you need to pause and take a step back. Um, and for me, I've been very cognizant of this ever since I began working, that I have days where all I do is vegetate. I lie on the couch. I have the most horrible food on the planet. By horrible, I mean insanely yummy, but bad for my body. Um, I watch TV and that's all I do for days. It's just that is the physical, mental cleaning out. Um, I find ways then after that to inspire me again, whether it's traveling, whether it's reading a book, uh, whatever it is that it takes you to inspire you again. And I think it's important to call out those days. It's become very, um, it's become fashionable to say we're busy, no? We're too busy yeah. to do something. Um, I told myself three years ago that I will never say I'm busy. I'm never busy. And it's important for me to make time for things that matter to me. So I know that it, a certain time of the day I'll do something that brings me joy it brings me joy to water my plants at 5.30 I'll go out and water my plants and I will make sure my days function around my 5.30 watering of my plants and my cold coffee uh, I'll take my days off saying I'm not available today it could be for half a day it could be for a full day it could be three days whatever your life can afford you and say today I'm taking my downtime off of course, now I have a dog who sits on my face even on the downtown time. And I'm sure some of you will have kids to do that. But the fact is, you have to be able to call out and say, my body needs rest. My mind needs rest. Um, yeah. That's the only way to function. Otherwise, we'll all burn out. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's been my lucky factor that I'm able to call out that time and say, I'm sorry, today, I can't. I can't. I've, 
you know it's often i i often often experience that as women who are probably doing well who are at at the senior most leadership level etc have a hard time taking that off right but it is uh, because we put that pressure on ourselves because we are constantly correct yeah. if that message that's the first thing i told you today i was so happy when you said three i can't be there because i have other things to do we should have other things to do we should yeah. do things that give us joy we just i don't know why we pain ourselves over it honestly it's it's been a learning to actually learn to say no Correct. because just simply saying when the other person is saying okay do you want to book this time uh in a normal scenario 5 years back i would have said oh shit uh you know how will this person feel if i say yeah. no at this time etc but you know there are some things that you have to say and right. and that's something you have to pick your priorities and say this matters to me yeah and whatever it may be uh yeah. you have a kid dude it's you know how odd it is to tell in the middle of a meeting saying guys i'm sorry it's my dog's lunch time people look at me saying are you out of your mind are you like hanging up on me because you have to feed your dog and i'm like yes it's normal to me this is my life deal with it yeah this is personal life as it's as good as that correct. yeah and and the fact that i'm working from home means i have more of that personal life the fact that yeah. i don't have help is more of that personal life yeah yeah but uh, the other part to my question was uh, in all of this how much importance or how much are you disciplined about your own physical and mental or spiritual health if i have to put it that way whatever i put all that what yeah uh i make sure of downtime because my work is creative i can't think uh whatever it means to empty your brain to inspire your brain to just make sure the room is clean so i can think so mental a lot because that clearly affects my work i'm the most terrible person to speak about anything to do with physical health because i wake up early and all i do is sit on my phone in the morning i'm i'm terrible i have a dog so i walk now um but as i'm coming as i'm nicely becoming comfortable on the other side of 30 i'm realizing that i have to pay more attention to that and even spiritually as well i think i i enjoy my moments of silence in the morning i wake up early i make sure i'm sitting outside when i'm having my little cup of coffee when i'm looking after my plants for me it's very spiritual it's me connecting with myself my day um uh, building routine and habit that makes me calmer and i think a lot of this has happened in the last two years uh and i think 2020 has been a huge defining factor to say pause wind down do this uh, it's important and i think when it becomes a part of your life you go for it more um i want to be speaking to you one year later and saying listen i'm fitter i'm eating better i hope i do that as well i i do hope you do that because then you will also set example for a lot of uh, women who look up to you you guys uh, guys please don't be me please go we're all striving don't please worry have three bottles of water a day i have mine here i'm starting small start small but uh, uh, please make sure you do i think i'm also doing that so i'm also not very good but yeah no i mean it's it's a it's, a, it's important and i think it's it's important to learn the best from other people agreed agreed and i mean we're all imperfections right yeah yeah all of us are but learning is needs Correct. to continue as long as as long as you acknowledge it and know it do it absolutely that i think almost brings me towards the end of the conversation i think i've kind of covered pretty much what i wanted to uh slightly personal but 
now considering you what you've been married for like four four three four years right uh what is there are there murmurs of having a baby and a child and are you and your you? no <laughs> i don't have a number <laughs> yeah i i this seems like i i get asked this every day yeah. uh sorry your question was my question was yeah do people ask and what is your response and what is your take on this i know it's it's completely uh, between those two people who wants to have that child or not or you know but how do you deal with that pressure what do you think about it how do you deal or whatever i mean what are your thoughts right now on on this considering you also face that pressure um i think it's normal to face that pressure and i don't yeah? think it's going to go it's, it's like being in 12th and being told acha number lao acha college mein jao when i wound up in college after no. wound up in acha college i looked at my mother and said ab kya karu usle mujhe kya pata so i wild away 3 years in college because i didn't know what to do um, yeah my mother said telling me to get married when i was 20 years old i got married at 28 so for 8 years i was completely normal to my mother saying will you get married now are you going to get married like do you not want to get married you know how that conversation goes yeah, so yeah. i think being asked is one thing but i think it boils down to what you can or cannot do yeah uh i'm all for having kids i'm all for it working for people it works for as long as you're willing to take the responsibility yeah um and if it works for you it works for you i think it's important i think when you bring life into the world or when you bring a, a new life home whether it's in the form of a kid a fish a dog whatever works for you your job should be to give them the best life they can have and if you think you can give them the best life they can have then please go ahead and do this If my mom's listening we are not having kids right now <laughs> i am glad uh, our episode well, cleaning my dogs poop i cannot upgrade yet i hope uh, whenever you are ready or if you don't want to be ready completely right. off call i think yeah. it's completely fine for people to do whatever works for them whatever the works for them on, on all women want kids is hogwash i don't find other people's kids sweet i may find my own kid cute Yeah. But I mean I am not the kind of person who walks in and just like picks up and plays with random kids. I do that with dogs for example. Yeah. Right? And I think it's fine to be whoever you are and whatever you want to do. Yeah. And nobody yeah. else should ever pressurize you into doing something which was not going to work for you. Also I how ready you and your partner are because right. both of you need to be taking right. that responsibility. And we all as a generation we all had parents who became parents really young. Yeah, and that defined the way we were brought up. I think today, if we have kids at a later age, I think we'll be far more different in our bringing because, I mean, at twenty one, how can you be? I mean, you have barely seen the world yourself. To bring up a yeah. kid that young, you're still growing up yourself. Yeah, and yeah. my mom had me at twenty one, twenty two. So suddenly, when I turned twenty one, twenty two, I realized She how was- tough it was for her. to yeah. suddenly deal with so many new things and i think it's unfair to put anybody through that women and men because today both take the ownership at home yeah i agree i agree no and and you know honestly uh, it's while everybody talks to the couple the the fact is when the child is born uh it's only your responsibility and uh, if yeah. if and if you are ready financially mentally even my own mother she said you know if you have kids will come i was like come do a trial run i want to see if you live in my house for 6 months if you show me live in my house for 6 months take care of my dog i'll produce a child <laughs> yeah the support system is though very important yeah. i mean if you have the support systems if you have the economic means if you want to go ahead but nobody else should ever have to pressurize you into doing anything you don't want to do 
Agreed. Agreed. This has been a very, very interesting conversation, Devika. Uh, I think from the 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 huge celebrated glamorous world of uh, wedding i my purpose was to understand who is devika and how does she deal with how she's built what she has built today uh without any experience or any background in you know in wedding planning uh and probably bringing a structure to the industry i would say uh and what it takes at an individual level to be able to build that and then sustain and you know then carry on with your other pursuits thank you for watching this If you've enjoyed this conversation make sure you hit the like button comment what was your favorite part and also subscribe to the channel don't forget to press the bell notification to never miss a new episode because we have a lot more coming uh this podcast is available on Spotify Apple Google Jio Savan by the name questions i wanted to ask you can listen to it wherever you like link will be in the description you can follow me on social media Instagram Twitter etc and All the links are in the description. Thank you for watching. I'll see you in the next one.